Welcome to the fourth episode of the You Smart Tourism podcast. Today we are going to talk about accessibility. Smart gets you further. Now, normally when we talk about sustainability and digitalization, these are really exciting challenges and people love to talk about them. Whereas accessibility always has its halo of being a, a struggle, perhaps not so sexy a word as it should be, but it really is an all-important aspect of being smart and being a smart tourism destination. And it is all about making Europe a more accessible destination, regardless of your age, your disability, or even the number of small children and strollers that you're traveling with. So what makes a destination accessible? Is it just about throwing in extra money to build a ramp? Of course not. Today, we will talk to experts to figure this out. But we will also talk to destinations who have taken the bull by the horns and decided to invest in accessibility. Our first guest today really has a lot of experience in this field. My name is Wouter Schelvis. It's hard to pronounce for not Dutch-speaking people. Uh, I'm 64 years old and I've been working over more than 40 years in the field of accessibility, um, as well in sports as in more other regions. He's the sort of expert you want to have by your side when you tackle this kind of challenge at scale. They call me a consultant on accessibility, an expert on accessibility. Uh, we have several names for this, this job. I advise government and others who like to be advised about inclusion and accessibility. At the moment, he's advising the city of Breda in the Netherlands. It's, it's kind of like a city within a park. That's why, how we like to call ourselves. So people like to come over to Breda to enjoy the city, the music, the nature, and especially the beer. In recent years, Breda has been putting a lot of effort into improving its accessibility approach and infrastructure. And in 2019, they won the Access City Award, another EU award, much like the Capital Smart Tourism Award. But more about that in a second. First things first, what is the first thing that a destination needs to do to become more accessible? Yeah, I think the, the thing that should be improved first the most is the, the, the communication about what's in a city or what's in a region. If, if you have reliable information, it's, it's much more uh, fun to, to, to plan a, a trip and to go over and not have to be afraid of not being able to go to a proper toilet or to have a, a hotel with a room with it, which is suitable. So I think information, the lack of information is, is one of the biggest annoyments in the, in the world of people with disabilities. So I think that's, that's more important than, for example, uh, public transport. Exactly. Everything can be in place, all the infrastructure, and it can work fantastically. But if no one knows about it, then what is the point? And this applies to destinations as well. They need information too. And this can get tricky because even if you have the resources and all the good intentions in the world, you need to have the know-how to actually create accessibility solutions. Sometimes they started by building things themselves, which are warm-heartedly, but not, not suitable. So they, they, they build this, uh, this adaptive toilet, but they don't have the, the technical means to, to build a proper one. That's a shame because they're really trying to do good. And if people come over there in, in a wheelchair and say, oh, this is, this is no good at all, it, it looks like an adaptive toilet, but we can move w properly, we can use it properly. It's, it's a waste of money. Creating proper, 
effective infrastructure that accommodates different types of disabilities is not easy and it is very unlikely to work out unless you use professional advice. So I think we try to help entrepreneurs by giving them advice. And in Breda, we even can give them money because we have this fund where from we can uh, help them out making more parts of their accommodation accessible. So, of course, destinations do need to invest a lot of time and money in this. But it's important to understand that these an economic benefit to it and accessible destinations will see a return on their investment. I think with we have a group, one who is disabled and has to have some accessible accommodation, uh, 90 others will follow. So I think it's, 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 it's pretty uh, sharp if you build for all so you can host this complete group, otherwise they will go to another uh, destination. So how is the City of Bread approaching all these challenges? For example, the information, the communication issues. Well, the city is in the process of launching a brand new app and an online platform for both tourists and residents. Now we have developed an application in Breda, which is even real-time, where you can find everything you want to know about the city of Breda according to an accessibility. But this is just the latest. Breda has been investing in accessibility infrastructure for years which is, of course, why they won the Access City Award. That required a lot of cooperation between the public and the private sector, and that was in large part the reason for its success. Like we often say in this podcast, also as regards sustainability and digitalization, cooperation between the public and the private sector. Breda has won the Access City Award in the year 2019 just because these public and private organizations did work together very, very well. And I think that's... That's very worthwhile that we're not only uh, approaching it from the side of the, the, the public sector, like the municipality, but also the entrepreneurs in Breda, for example, people who own the hotels. They have, they have made a smart move by collecting the, 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 the money tourists pay when they stay over and to make that kind of a fund for accessibility. I think this, this working together has given us a lot of profit and it's also made it possible that we won the prize, the Access City Award, even we don't have the best accessible city of in the world because there are much better cities in the Netherlands, better pavements, better uh, guiding lines for the blind. But the prize was won just because we cooperated with this public and private sector. Next, we welcome the people behind the municipality of Bordeaux. Back to the podcast. So hello, my name is Julie Benisti Oviedo. I'm Sustainable Tourism Manager for Bordeaux Tourism and Conventions Office. I'm uh, Edward de Tessier. I'm working at the Tourism Office of uh, Bordeaux Metropole. As you all know by now, Bordeaux was one of our winners last year, one of the two EU capitals of smart tourism. One of the reasons for this was that Bordeaux also excelled in the category of accessibility, as well as the others. Given Bordeaux's ancient history, which is a common feature for European cities and destinations, adapting the infrastructure of the city to make it accessible to as many people as possible, it's a really challenging task. So here's Edouard. Well, Bordeaux is classified at the UNESCO and it's a city uh, dating back from the 17th and 18th century. So it's particularly difficult to address uh, accessibility needs in a city like that. Uh, we have areas in the city that are from the Middle Ages and um, 
So it's very difficult to adapt. And, and we need to ensure a secured urban space for everyone because, you know, uh, everybody can be at a moment or another, at a minute or another, uh, someone disabled. So uh, we, we needed to improve skills and communications tools to better welcome people with disabilities and raise awareness among tourism companies to adapt their facilities. And this is all part of a bigger strategic plan for tourism in the city. Actually, we, we have a new strategy for tourism in Bordeaux and the second axis of it is how we build a destination for its residents in and in a, like a human and solidarity destination, how we, we, we bring those uh, values of solidarity and inclusivity as core values in our, how we see tourism in the city. And we see it as a whole, so how we do welcome better visitors for information, for accommodation, to enjoy events and how they can also enjoy being in a destination in autonomy, that they don't really need to have um, specific infrastructures or services to be able to enjoy a destination, but they can do it by their own because like everything is already accessible. That's like the goal we would like to, to reach. But those list of achievements is really impressive. Uh, we have a label that is called Destination pour tous, Destination for all. And Bordeaux was the first French city to get this label. It was in, nine, in uh, 2014. Uh, and it was renewed in uh, 2019 to recognize improvements on the four handicaps. Uh, so the tourist office also has the national brand tourism and handicap that will be renewed the, this year. So we have a special guide that's been created for those with disabilities. Uh, we have four certified uh, itineraries uh, tours that we can do in the, in the metropolitan area. The metropolitan area is fully accessible for those with motor or uh, hearing disabilities. There's a development of a high-performing public transport network, 100% accessible. And we have a communication campaigns in uh, 2022 with uh, influencers specialized on this topic. And the list goes on. Believe it or not. We also have different operations to open access to culture and local activities to everyone. For example, we created a city pass in 2014 to give access, free access to visitors for over 30 culture and leisure focused establishments like monuments, museums or exhibitions. You can also enjoy a guided tour in the city and an unlimited use of public transport. Uh, we have dedicated offering for families and children because being accessible is also having an offering adapted to everyone. For example, we have treasure hunts in the city center and in the green areas of the metropolitan area. And since uh, three or four years now, there's a card for young adults available uh, under the age of 26, and it gives access to culture, sports, and leisure activities, as well as reduced price and free entry to cinema and museums. Transportation is obviously super important to people with physical disabilities. And here too, Bordeaux has gone above and beyond. In Bordeaux city center, you, you can really manage traveling with the tram and it's fully accessible to everyone thanks to like large sliding doors and step-free access. But you can also have access with the bus and the um, river shuttle um, for, for everyone. There, there are also two other actions to make transportation more accessible. We have for our residents what is called a mobibus. And it's a dedicated transport system for people with specific needs. So you can book it on demand and it gives really access to the 28 cities in the metropolitan area. 
And of course, you always have adapted fees for all situations. For example, for people in precarious situations, they pay uh, much lower tickets than other people. Or we have very different kind of uh, fees for uh, trans public transportation in the city. Back to the issue of information and communication, um, the city has also developed a guide to help tourists and locals as well navigate the offerings that the city has according to their needs. Uh, yeah, it's a guide uh, we are really proud of. It's a guide that contains a list of all of the offerings available to people with uh, specific needs. For instance, tourist sites, accommodation, organized tours, specially adapted services. And it's a guide that is uh, regularly updated in light of feedback and the needs of handicapped visitors. So we have this guide for about 10 years now and we are now re renewing the visual identity of the guide to make it uh, much nicer. It's available at the information desk of the tourism office and all of the information is also available online, online on uh, our website. And we give this guide every time we have a question about, uh, about accessibility. My mother use, uses the guide as well, very, uh, very often, yeah, <laughs> to get to the museums and all. Bordeaux is also making an effort to expand access to more groups progressively as time goes on. For example, in last year's wine festival. At the Trist office, we also organize a festival, which is Bordeaux Wine Festival. And accessibility is obviously a main challenge for this uh, huge event. So last year, we brought news, um, new actions on that, like uh, non-gendered access, security mechanism for people who feel harassed. So the idea is that we, we want to see accessibility not only from point of view what the law uh, make us do or ask us to do, but also how we can see inclusivity and accessibility further than that, what the law is expecting. And uh, for example, having a non-gendered non access is something very new when we talk about accessibility in events, but it's for us something that we want to look after. All right, so up until now, we've been talking about the point of view of municipalities, public administrations, cities, public policy in general, okay? But how do things look like from the perspective of the tourist, of the traveller with a, any kind of disability? My name is Margorzata Tokarska. I'm from Poland. Uh, I'm a tour operator for disabled people in Poland. For over a decade now, the agency is helping disabled people travel to destinations within Poland and elsewhere. Travelling is my passion. The travel agency was established in 2009 and it is the first travel agency in Poland with a strong focus uh, on supported ser services for disabled people, particularly for people uh, with motor problems, including people in the wheelchairs. I'm disabled myself, that's why I'm aware of the target group and strongly committed to accessible Poland, uh, accessible ideas of tourists for all. For Margaret, this is a very personal and empowering mission. My activity is more like a therapy, not like a business, because uh, uh, disabled people traveling with me overcome some barriers. Even if they don't come back to me because they decide to travel by themselves, because they see that it is possible that they can manage. People feel more confident. But of course, every trip requires an awful lot of problem solving. Oh, <laughs> actually, there are many challenges. I think that I could write the book about all the challenges I have to 
face uh, during the preparation. And again, apart from lack of facilities like accommodation or infrastructure, it often comes down to information, access to information. There is a general lack of information about accessibility of transport, venues and services, which means that people with disabilities can't make any informed choice about places they can go and how they will be served. Trying to get the details about what's available or isn't available at a certain destination is often a bigger challenge than we'd like it to be. The best solution is for me to check it personally. But of course, it is not always possible. So I try to, uh, to get as many details as possible before taking people there. Request the hotel to send photos of the room, the restaurant and uh, each facility. Actually, I bother them very much. Our final guest for this episode, Antonio Espinosa, knows how this problem looks like from both hands. My name is Antonio and the organization that I, I came from is Cofenfe Valencia. The association is a collaboration between several groups with different needs. Cofenfe is a federation of associations of people with different disabilities looking for different points of view to improve their quality of life. Like Margaret, Antonio is also a wheelchair user. So, I strongly know that cities generate all kinds of problems for the user mobility people. You notice more if you go in a wheelchair. And here's the problem. Accessibility policies, they need to offer different solutions to different kinds of problems. And there's a great variety of, the, of these problems. The broad representation for different kinds of disabilities within the COSMFET Commission is meant to address exactly that. The principal problem here is the people who have no disabilities is not able to detect the problems. So this is the main reason why it's necessary to have a close collaboration between different associations that include a wide range of disabilities to obtain an effective solution for our collective. And this is exactly what the association is about. Because it represents a variety of groups with different needs, it can advocate and advise about broader solutions that are more inclusive. In Valencia, the greatest accessibility progress is in rural transport, bus and metro, but not so much in interurban transport, bus and suburban train. But there is still a lot left narrow pavements with transversal inclination, uh, with obstacles that we can improve. And again, Antonio points out that destinations that offer accessibility solutions also benefit economically. And the association tries to encourage that by sharing information between the different groups they represent. Since all, not all destinations are adapted for people with disabilities, those that are adapted have a greater number of visits. Associations uh, collect the information and it is shared between the members and even more collected in books and computer applications. And that's it for another episode of the You Smart Tourism podcast. Thank you so much for listening and to all our guests for their thought-provoking insights. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on the future of tourism in Europe. Bye. Smart gets you further.